Moses is, he's asking God about what, what can I do in this situation? I mean, I'm, I'm nobody. They're not going to listen to me. And, you know, Moses was, has been referred to as one of the meekest men who ever lived. If there's anybody that thought he was unworthy of God's favor or to be used by God, it was Moses. He had no confidence before God whatsoever. If you'll recall, whenever he first met the Lord at the burning bush, he said, but I am a, a man of slowness of speech. I, I stutter, God. I can't go and talk before other people. And he said, I'll be with you. And the thing is, a lot of times we all feel unworthy. And this past week, as Sharon and I were doing our devotional, it's the devotional for August the 30th, devotional book by A.W. Tozer. And the name of the book is My Daily Pursuit. And I want to share with you something that just really struck me. This is the devotional. Psalm 50, 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Now, I want to just interject here. You know who's saying that? God is speaking to David, and he's telling David to call upon him in the day of trouble, and he'll deliver him, and that he will glorify God. Now, if there was ever a man who was unworthy, it was David. I know it says he was a man after God's own heart, and that's the crucial point. Because if you look at his life, I mean, he had a guy killed. He, uh, he was not a, a model person. And he is a person that only counted on God's mercy and God's grace. He loved the Lord. And he loved the Lord because he knew that God loved him. He loved because God loved him first. Well, and what I really want to talk to you about this morning, you, we've been in this series that I thought we we're going to be wrapping up today, but we're going to have one more, it looks like, afterward. One of the things that Jesus sets us free from is a sense of unworthiness. And that's something that's hit me that you may be troubled with even today. And so listen to these words. I once read a testimony of St. Teresa of Avila where she confessed, I got so discouraged, I just quit praying. She said, I didn't pray for a long time. I wanted to pray again, but I said to myself, now listen, you haven't prayed for a long time and you're not worthy to pray. I felt I wasn't worthy to pray. I wasn't worthy because I hadn't prayed. And I would not pray because I wasn't worthy to pray. And then A.W. Tozer says, how many people are caught in that kind of trap? And it is a trap. Uh, says she soon caught on and discovered that was Satan talking. I decided that it wasn't my worth, but it was the goodness of God. 
So I went back to my knees and prayed. Some are not praying today because they do not feel worthy to pray. And then A.W. Tozer goes on and he says, if the devil tells you that you are unworthy, just smile and say, is that so? Well, devil, that just makes me a candidate for the grace of God. Because if I were worthy, then the grace of God couldn't reach me. But the fact that I'm unworthy is enough for me. And then A.W. Tozer says, then get on your knees and get back into the praying mode. And then we hear, we see this quote from what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. As we went through that devotional, it hit me that sometimes I get in that spot where things just overwhelm me and I get distracted from the Lord and I get distracted from what I'm really here on the face of this earth for and I get so caught up in things that I don't pray. And then it's hard to come back into his presence after you've gotten into that mode, just like is depicted here. And so we feel unworthy to pray because we haven't prayed. And it's a trap. It's a circular trap that we get into. And so I just want to go over the fact that this is really going to be encouraging to you. You're not worthy. You're not. Face it. And you never will be. But that's not what it's all about. Because it's your unworthiness that really shows God's love toward you. The Bible says we're unworthy. I mean, and, and some of the key people that we see that are to be our examples felt so unworthy in the presence of the Lord. First of all, do you remember what John the Baptist said about Jesus? He said, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is, listen to this, he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. John the Baptist didn't think he was worthy to even untie Jesus' sandal. But then Jesus arrived and John, he voices his unworthiness. And so what does Jesus say? You need to baptize me. He didn't, he, he ignored John's sense of unworthiness and he said, in order to fulfill all righteousness, we need to do this. And he made John feel, I'm sure, at a moment, in a moment, that he was a part of a team with Jesus for what Jesus wanted to do. And Jesus was using unworthy John to bring forth what needed to happen in the world 
to forward God's plan. That's what he does with you. Yeah, he knows you're unworthy, but you and him have business to do together. Did you know that? Don't let your unworthiness keep you from the mission that God has for you through Jesus Christ. Now then, what did Peter say when he first realized in whose presence he was in the boat that day after Jesus got through preaching? And uh, he had Peter go out and throw the boat over and fish were just all over the place where there hadn't been any before earlier that day. And he realized he was in the presence of the Messiah. He was in the presence of the Lord. Do you know what his words were? Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. And what did Jesus say in response to him confessing how unworthy he was to even be in Jesus' presence? He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Again, you see, he totally ignores Peter's sense and feeling of unworthiness. And it goes on at the end of the time uh, that he had together. What happened? He told Peter, you're going to mess up, Peter. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter, oh, no, no, Lord, not me, not me. And then he did exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. Jesus knew Peter. He knew more about Peter than he knew about himself. And yet he went ahead and said, now, whenever you get over this and when you're converted, I want you to strengthen your brothers. And then he walks along with him and says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And finally, Peter confesses, Lord, you know I love you. And what does Jesus say? Feed my sheep. And then what did Peter say? He looked back and John was following along and says, what about him? He still didn't have it all right. See? But see, do you see? Jesus doesn't pay any attention to our unworthiness and our fallibility. But what he wants you to know, what's he, what he wants to know today is the same thing he wanted to know from Peter. Do you love me? And if you've gotten into that prayer, that not praying mode, he still wants to know the same from you. Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? Your unworthiness is something that is a side issue. That's not what really matters. Because if you'll stick with the Lord, He's, you see, he's the one that gives you value and worth. It doesn't come from your great achievements and you're sucking it up and saying, I'm going to do this for God. It comes from just coming before him and into his presence and receiving his love and his mercy and his grace. The whole church confesses on a regular basis, and we do it here every month, we confess that we are unworthy. Did you know that? We're going to do it this morning. In fact, take your, uh, your hymnals and turn to page 26, and we're going to flip over from there. And if you'll get on back uh, into the... Uh, 
prayer of humble access. It's on page 30 is actually where the prayer of humble access is. Let's just read this together out loud now. We'll go ahead and do this early in the service, okay? We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to partake of this sacrament of thy Son, Jesus Christ, that we may walk in newness of life, may grow into his likeness, and may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. You see, the church confesses, we're not worthy. We know we're not worthy. The Lord knows we're not worthy. Now, but then look what it says as we move on down. Thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Mercy is when God gives you what you don't deserve. No way, look at that. No, God's mercy. That's grace. Grace is whatever God gives you what you don't deserve. Mercy is when He does not give you what you do deserve. That's the difference. And so His mercy and His grace are ours. And uh, the thing is, He knew you were going to fall whenever you messed up. Before you ever came to know him as Lord and Savior, he knew you were going to be sinful. And he, that's why there was a place on his cross just for you. He looked forward through time and with love in his heart for just you individually. That's how big he is. He is so big, he can be more personal than anybody you'll ever come across. There was a place on that cross for your sins that he knew you were going to commit so that he could pay the price for them so you could be forgiven for them. So don't let your sin stand between you and the Lord. He's paid the price for it. That was one of the things that really got to me the night that I finally really met him. And I kept thinking of all the big sins I'd committed. And he said, and I would say, but what about this? I took care of it, Joel. But what about, I took care of it, Joel. There may be some sin from your past that has haunted you that you have thought was just too big for God to take care of. And he's trying to tell you today, he's already taken care of it. Some of you, you've had things happen to you, things done to you by other people that you think have made you unworthy. And the thing is, he loves you. He loves you and those things do not stand between you and him and he's taken care of it. He knew you were going to mess up. He knew you were going to mess up big time. It reminds me of a story about a, the preacher was uh, getting ready to take up the offering and all the, in a church and all of a sudden he stumbled and he fell fell face first, just 
just face just right onto the floor, man. I mean, it was a bad hit and it shook him. And as he was getting up, he needed to get some composure. And so he asked his lay leader, he said, Brother John, would you lead us in a moment of prayer? And he just wanted to catch his breath. And so Brother John stood up and he said, Lord, did you see that? (laughs) And the whole church just came apart, you know. But the thing is, it's a good question. And the answer is, if you look back on those things that you're so ashamed of, he saw that, but he loves you anyway. Those things that you think are so embarrassing that you're never going to recover from. He saw that and he loves you all the more for being willing to come in to him after you've been through that. Do you see you're worthy? He gives you worth. It's not a matter of uh, you earning worth. It's there because you're precious to him. That's where your worth comes from. So what do we do? What do we do? Just what A.W. Tozer told us to do. If the devil tells you that you're unworthy, just smile and say, is that so? Well, devil, that just makes me a candidate for the grace of God. Because if I were worthy, then the grace of God couldn't reach me. But the fact that I'm unworthy is enough for me. You know, uh, Jesus told us to remember him when we gather at the communion table. And this is what he wanted you to remember. You remember, we, we call it celebrating Holy Communion. And what we celebrate is the fact that God has loved us in spite of ourselves. And he's made a way where we could not make a way.